Top guns and penny whistles, the king tried to force the stubborn window shut. He pressed it down, but the wind thrust it up. He pushed it in. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Featuring Amanda Keen and Kirsten Kosian. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. As kids, we believe that the angels talked. Everything is magic till you think it's not. It's easy to be thankful for the things you've got. It takes guts to give thanks for the things you've lost. I'm already laughing. I will share with you guys what happened. So we're sitting at we're sitting at a coffee shop called Calibre. Shout out! It's it's great. What is it? South Barrington. South Barrington. I don't know what this is. Um, it's over so here. So, <laughs> was testing our equipment, and my microphone wasn't working at all. So she like puts it's up all the in volume. Air, put this all in air quotes. <laughs> wasn't working at all because <laughs> it was working fine and she uh put up the volume up like all the way and then fi- <laughs> it fixed it but ha- almost had a heart attack because it was so, it was loud. so loud it was i'm laughing because i saw her face and i saw her reaction and it was hilarious it was not funny and then she said something <laughs> like <laughs> i fixed it but almost died <laughs> Like, it's, like that the is microphone works, but dramatic. I might be dead. Okay. Anyway, but so welcome to our podcast and the happenings that lead up to the, recording the podcast. Yeah. The inf- back that it's the backstory. It's like v, a VH1 special. I'm gonna have to get the giggles. It's a VH1 special. VH1 special. When's the last time you've? Is that even a thing anymore? I don't a think VH1, VH1 exists. Does VH1 still I don't exist? Know, I'm, sure, I'm not sure. Quick feedback. We're, we're, we don't know. Tabitha is with us, everyone. <gasps> yeah. Tabitha Anderson Gorton. It's new. It's new. It is so new. And she doesn't have a microphone Wait. yet. What's, so what's new? Your her, last her last name? name's new. I mean, what? so you changed it? Did you change it? <laughs> okay. Not yet. That's me. Thank you so much. Awesome, thank you. Facebook is true, you know, it's like as true as anything that you put on Facebook. Okay, so it's, See, liter- that it's makes literally sense. that 
Have you seen the movie Circle or The Circle? Oh, yes. It's like that now. It's tragic. Yeah, Wait, you what? should see it if you want it. Wait, are we talking I, about the same one? Uh, with Emma, what? With Hermione Granger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that one. Yeah, it's tragic. Right. You, I yes. didn't actually watch it. I listened oh to it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I listened to it because I was driving, and my car had a DVD player. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, wow. Okay. Hashtag Officer Life. Hashtag. What? Hashtag. Thought, okay, we're not gonna go down that, that a DVD hole. player in it that is not. I don't own it. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Today so we need to explain a couple Thursday. things. So <laughs> the me saying thank you was because our kind server barista. brought barista barista server barista bro barista. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, brought over my matcha latte, and it's so you're beautiful. gonna be hearing in this episode. You're going to be hearing um, just some, like... Some sips. Some sips or <laughs> some background noise that you're not normally used to hearing other than Curie's laughter. Um, that will still be here, yeah, but might bit. be faded out a little bit by <clears throat> the wonderful playlist on in the background. Aero, so Right um, now, Aero, featuring Aerosmith. <laughs> had, yes. Had, um, led by Steven Tyler, a.k.a. Okay. Liv Tyler's dad. Wow, that was impressive. Good job, Kiri. That was unexpected. Um, but today, random pop culture fact is Random, true. irrelevant to everyone's <laughs> daily life pop culture facts. So to give you some context for this episode, um, we, and by we I mean Kiri and I, at Chapel, at Territorial Headquarters, we read the book entitled... The King Who Sneezed. Yeah. And um, it's it's just a really great book, and you're going to hear it today yeah. because we have Tabitha here. Expert. Who is an expert um, <laughs> librarian slash storyteller slash human being. Ooh, so ooh. I know. Expert human being. Yeah, I promoted you. <laughs> um, but she's going to read that story for us uh, just like we did. Well, not just like we just did. Just like this Amanda did. so much better oh, than yeah, what I did. It's um, I mean, I did a, a mediocre job. Tabitha's so kind. She is very kind. Uh, so we Expert read this book being. at at THQ <laughs> for Chapel, <laughs> and then we discussed some questions, which we're going to discuss today. And so this is more of a lighthearted, kind of lighthearted, lighthearted, but with like, but with a sucker punch, <laughs> right? So you're going to be deal. like, oh, this is so great, and I should be under my blanket listening to Tabitha's you, voice. And you should. If, so you, if you have an opportunity, you get should. a cup of cocoa Don't or do tea. this if you're driving. Obviously. Well, all, come on. I mean, you could Who's stop by drive? a coffee shop. I mean. But, and then get a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You a comfy blanket. Right. Yeah. You could have a comfy blanket. Thank, Thank you, you so much. They're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so we will definitely take a picture of these <laughs> things. And <laughs> put it on Facebook and Instagram so you guys see it. But anyway, so we're going to do kind of this chapel service with you guys. Um, and we hope that you really enjoy it and interact with us on social media after. Okay? So I'm going to pass this on to Tabitha. And she is going to read this story for us well, while I, I take pictures. I'm going to give her this one. I'm okay. give her this mic. Sounds good. <clears throat> Enjoy the story. Awesome. Okay. Um, so picture books are um, 
you know, obviously there's words in them, but um, there's also illustrations. So throughout this picture book telling, I'm going to be kind of pausing at moments to talk about some of the Im images that you have um, because white space and the pictures are all a part of the experience. So I'm going to be kind of reading like I would to a group of probably second graders or maybe third graders because this is um, about the reading level. So parents, if you have um, children of that age, grab this book because it's pretty good. Um, so, and the illustrations are really fun and there's a lot of color to them. Um, and they're really kind of quirky looking. So, um, all right, so here we go. This is the King Who Sneezed and it's written by Angela McAllister and illustrations are by um, Simon Henwood. Once upon a time, in a country so far north that it was always winter, there ruled a mean and stingy king called Parsimonious. His ancient castle high up in the drafty mountains was crumbling away because the stingy king would not have the rotten roof repaired or the damp dungeons drained. All year the castle was shivery cold, but King Parsimonious would not buy any firewood. Instead, he wore a woolly hat, a stripy scarf that went round three times, two pairs of thick football socks, and a fleece-lined mittens. Sometimes he even kept hot potatoes in his pockets. How many of you guys have ever put hot potatoes in your pockets? I know my grandma has, and so did my mom. Yeah, I've only heard about it. <laughs> When he, was, when he wasn't on the throne, he stayed in bed with the royal hot water bottle and a flask of tea. All the king's men kept their woolly vests on every day except the first of June when they went in the wash. Um, and so the illustration on that first page, there's the royal hot water bottle and the flask of tea. Um, and it looks like one of those like vintage, um, I don't know, what do you call those? Like the Soup thermos. containers? Yeah, yeah um, like a thermos. Brand. And then the king is just kind of sitting on his throne all by himself, like probably contemplating the world. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and uh, so the next page we're going to turn to. Um, every day at noon, the king always had his favorite meal, a green alphabet spaghetti with a, with a cheese and onion milk shake and chocolate peppermint jelly with mustard sauce. How does mm. that sound? <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. It sounds really flavorful yeah like a lot of flavor i wonder how many times he counts the alphabet number like counts through them and it's like oh that's a I'm or makes letters like if he's words. got he 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 probably wants all 26 letters yeah and eats them in a row yeah that's it seems like that's his personality <laughs> yeah <laughs> true <laughs> and every day he complained that the alphabet spaghetti wasn't hot enough. Thundering thimbles, how can I ever get warm if my dinner is cold, he bellowed to the cooks. He has a lot of funny phrases in this book, so keep on the lookout for those funny phrases. <clears throat> All the cooks grumbled that there was nothing that they could do. The meal always got cold. It's chilly journey from the kitchen to the throne room. And one day he took his first bite of green alphabet spaghetti. <clears throat> Excuse me. King Parsimonious felt an icy wind poke its freezing fingers out down his neck. Gelinskins. Gelinskins. Yep, don't know how to say that word, but say it with confidence. 
um, shouted the king, where's this draft coming from? But nobody answered him. It was the official afternoon off, and the king's men had just left to visit their friends in warm castles, where there was crackling log fires and hot dragon noodle soup. So he's all alone in this throne room, um, and it's full of toys and really bright images. And he walks down the hall, and there's a draft wriggling further down the king's neck. Suddenly he sneezed, and an icicle froze on his nose. Botherations, he said. I will have to see to that draft myself and keep up my own, keep and warm up my own food. As everyone knows, it is difficult to walk in two pairs of thick football socks carrying a plate of green alphabet spaghetti, especially if your teeth are chattering and your knees are knocking and your hands are numb with cold. But slowly, King per Persimonius shuffled through the castle. The king eventually found himself at the door of the dark cellar. Peering over the top of his scarf, he could just see a thin light and smell a bold blast of icy air. Have you guys ever smelled a bold blast of icy air? Yes. <laughs> what does it smell like? Um, it smells cold. <laughs> you you know it's this like so this smell. Okay, yeah, Gilmore like Girls sneeze. Gilmore Girls oh, yeah. snow. Yes. The smell of snow. You're right. That right? is a smell. Right. Mm -hmm. So nervously he stepped inside, and sure enough, there was a back door of the castle left open, and a wintry wind was whistling through. Marrow bones and cleavers, the king tried to shut the heavy door. He heaved with his hands, and he shoved with his shoulders. He bumped with his bottom, and he hammered with his head. The door would not budge. Exhausted, he sat down on the cold stone floor and bashed his elbow on something in the doorway. Jumping jellyfish, the royal doorstop. The king pulled it out with a tap of his finger. The heavy door shut with a thud. As everyone knows, it is difficult to walk in two pairs of thick football socks carrying a plate of green alphabet spaghetti with, when your teeth are chattering, your knees are knocking, and your hands are numb with cold in the dark. But slowly, King Persimonius shuffled out of the cellar. At last, there's no more drafts in this castle, the king said to himself. But suddenly, he felt a sneeze coming on, and yes... No, yes, no, no, er, achoo! And an icicle frozen on, or froze on the royal nose. Another draft, chillier than the last, was rushing along the hall. So through the hall and down the tower steps, the king followed the draft until he finally came to the castle kitchen. Through the kitchen and down the spiral staircase, the king finally came to the royal pantry. And what do you think was there? reading along so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> a pantry window was wide open Wait, but can I just point out this oh part? my gosh yes so there's this great illustration of the king and there's like clearly like it's one of those sneezes that is mostly water um and you know a little bit of snot too um and it's coming out of his nose and it's mostly icicles and you can see a little <laughs> bit of green and it's pretty amazing and the toys next to him are also, like, it must have been a really strong one because they're, like, flying away. It's pretty my, funny. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> favorite page. It's <laughs> a good one. There's lots of um, patterns in this, like, a lot of stripes all throughout. It's really cool. Pop guns and penny whistles. The king tried to force the stubborn window shut. He pressed it down, but the wind thrust it up. He pushed it in, but the wind gussed it out. He slammed it forward, but the wind blasted it backward. Suddenly, the latch snapped off with a ping. 
and landed in an empty milk bottle. And there on the windowsill, the king saw 10 bottles. Jack Dawes and Junket! The king brought the bottles inside and lined them up to the wedge of the window shut. At last, no more drafts in the castle, the king said to himself, satisfied, now I can warm up my dinner. As everyone knows, it's difficult to walk in two pairs of thick football socks, carrying a plate of green alphabet spaghetti with your teeth chattering, your knees knocking, and your hands numb with cold in the dark down the stairs, but it is even harder to go upstairs. Slowly, King Parsimonius shuffled up to the kitchen, but when he got to the top step, he had a feeling. He suddenly knew. He thought he knew. He wasn't sure or achoo. Two icicles froze to the royal nose, and a pershing draft nipped his toes and turned them blue. Looking down, the king saw two big holes in his socks, another draft even chiller than the last, while whistling across the kitchen floor. Fish cakes and frying pans, roared the king, and he dropped the plate of alphabet spaghetti. Of green alphabet Aww. spaghetti. He lost his lunch. I know, and he just warmed it up. So this next um, image is him, it looks like, in the kitchen, and all of the ingredients are about the size of his head, so it's kind of amazing. Um, he's got, like, a cheese grater, and it's literally like his whole head yeah. um he and then there's cheese <laughs> yeah there's like salt and pepper shaker the same size it's really fun to look at some of these um the different perspective on this and i think there's even things behind him that look even larger <laughs> but like the spoon and the fork are really small <laughs> it's funny um and that's the whole image on this on this it's like a two-fold page of just this illustration by now it was dark inside and outside, and King Parsimonius searched for the draft, but he walked straight into the kitchen cupboard, cracked his nose, and sat down with a bump. And there was a raw wind at his feet, shooting through the royal cat flap. Windmills and wheelbarrows, he bellowed hard as he tried to shut that flap. The wind rattled it open, and there was nothing to hold it closed. In the corner of the kitchen, there was a huge sack of dried beans. The king tried to push it toward the cat flap. He dragged and dragged until it was so warm that he took off his mittens, and he heaved and he heaved until it was so warm that he took off his scarf, and he kicked and he kicked until he was so warm that he took off his socks, exhausted. He rested up against the sack, and with the clatter, the beans spilled into a huge pile against, what do you think? The cat flap. The cat flap. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a tiny little cat that looks like the punch pushkin cat um like that emoji it totally looks like him but they this was written way here. before it, that it was published in 1986 oh my gosh yeah so this is like before it's time um and there's a big giant it's like a huge barrel of cat food um and his scarf is all next to it and then this little cat mm, little cat i think he has a fish in his mouth Oh, yeah, he totally does. Where did he tail. get the fish? You know. <laughs> it's funny. All right, so at last there were no more drafts in the castle, and the king said to himself, finally satisfied. But as he brushed the beans against his or from his lap, he had a sudden feeling, <gasps> no, not again, not another one, no more sneezes. <laughs> the king yawned. He felt tired and warm. 
And as everyone knows, it takes only two minutes to find your bedchamber when you're feeling warm and tired. And soon King Parsimonius was tucked up fast asleep without a royal hot water bottle. But when the king woke up in the middle of in the next morning, he felt as cold as ever and even grumpier when he remembered that he had his meal the day before or that he hadn't had his meal the day before. Inkwells and icebergs. It was so chilly I had to stay in bed all day. He sent for the king, the king's men and for the castle cooks who shivered and shuffled into his bedchamber. Bring my scarf and my socks and mittens and the royal hot water bottle and flask of tea and bring my meal now and make it hot. He's kind of gotten, gotten worse. Yeah, yeah, he has. <laughs> Tried to do stuff for himself the day before and now he's even crankier because <laughs> it didn't go very well. <laughs> Bring my scarf and my sock. Oh, we read that part. Um, everything arrived except for the meal. The king waited impatiently. He didn't see the cooks shaking nervously outside his door. You take it in. No, you take it in. No, you take it in. Not me. You take it in. And the next page is just an image of him kind of just alone in his room. He's got like a furrowed brow um, and like a little teddy bear too next to yeah. him. <laughs> kind of snuggling. Under his, under his arm. Yeah. Um, and there's like a really orange, angry monster who just looks like kind of the king looks sometimes. <laughs> just angry and kind of grumpy looking. And the only images, I mean, he's got some pictures of people, but he's also got a portrait of himself um, by himself. <laughs> kind of sad. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eventually, the smallest, youngest cook was pushed into the bedchamber with the royal dinner tray. Shoehorns and shuttlecocks, what happened to my food, roared the cook in a red rage. For there on the dinner tray was a raspberry jam sandwich and a custard cream bun. Where's my green alphabet spaghetti with the cheese and the onion milkshake and chocolate peppermint jelly and mustard sauce? Your majesty, most highness, kingship, sir, the poor cook whimpered. Somebody shut the cellar door, and spaghetti got damp and moldy. Er, oh, uh, did it? The king's red rage changed to a pink blush. What about my cheese and onion milkshake? Your Majesty, Most Highness, King Sir. Somebody shut the pantry window so the milkman couldn't leave the milk, and somebody split the beans in front of the cat flap, or spilled the beans in front of the cat flap so the royal cat could not come in to chase the rats, and they ate all the cheese. Oh, uh, er, um, they did, did they? And I suppose the rats ate all the chocolate too? <laughs> no, your majesty, we had to call for the rat chaser, or the rat catcher, and he ate all the chocolate. <laughs> Crumbling Christmas cakes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You see, the smallest, youngest cook explained, we must have the doors and windows open for your food, but it is so very, very cold. And he shivered and sneezed loudly, which reminded the king of the freezing north wind and its drafty fingers. The king shuddered. Then he suddenly jumped out of bed. Gusty gales and glaciers, there is a proclamation or here is a proclamation starting this morning we shall repair the roof drain out the dungeons and send for supplies of candles and firewood so from this day forward there will never be another sneeze heard in this castle again wow yeah and there's a really big picture of the cook um he's got like a star scarf on and a pink nose mm -hmm. 
When all the work was done, King Parsimonius put his woolly hat, his stripy scarf, his thick football socks, his fleece-lined mittens away in a cupboard and only put them on again when he was out for snowball fights. And the woolly vests were thrown out and all the king's men and all their friends to the castle, had their friends to the castle for tea. The cook spent every day happily inventing wonderful new hot dishes for the king and singing as happy as cooks do. With all the warm fires, jolly tea times, and cooks singing, King Parsimonius didn't feel mean anymore. He wore only slippers, a dressing gown, and a royal smile. And there was nothing that made him smile more than to sit with his friend, the smallest, youngest cook, eating hot buttered toast in front of a roaring fire, watching the north wind press its icy nose up against the windows. Hearthrugs and hot pots the happy king laugh you can't come in and there's this really beautiful image it kind of um is in comparison to the first page it's like the the colors in this are all reds and hot warm colors and um the king doesn't have his scarf on anymore and there's toys you know that look like they were played with all around the, the ground and um, there's a really warm fire, and he's sitting on the throne with this little tiny cook, kind of like a grandpa would do with his grandchild yeah. or a dad with his, and his um, teddy son. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and his teddy cat. bear. And the cat is all, yeah. they're all snuggled up. And then this front image was just, like, so cold. There's mm -hmm. very little warm colors other than his scarf. Um, and the king was really the only image that was, like, popping um, with color. So it's a really interesting con mm -hmm. contrast. And that is the end of The King Who Sneezed. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Good work. Oh, so so we're going to share this mic. Amanda and I are going to share a microphone. Yeah, we are. We're going to pass it back and forth. LOL. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Tabitha. Uh -huh. That was so great. I just, I'm so glad that yeah. Kiri knew of this book because I had never heard of it and I would never have read it without her bringing up um, yeah, I'd never heard of it either. See? But it's really cute. I know, she I'm a librarian. An expert. I'm around books all day. <laughs> <laughs> Although this was a little before the time that I was around books all day. <laughs> just a little, yeah. So we're going to, we just have four questions that we'd like to discuss. And the first one says, the wind bothered the king and he didn't want to feel the cold draft anymore. Mm. What is the cold wind that's tickling your neck? <laughs> I think I think Kiri has an answer for this one. Something that she making wants to you share. sneeze? So <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't I don't, I'm not ready to share. She's not ready to share. It's okay. I'm going to I'm writing a paper. I'm working on my paper about my cold wind that's tickling my neck repeatedly. And because I think what the question is about is like, right, the king. So I'm going to, I'm going to go away from, I'm going to go farther away from the personal. I'm going to make it more, less personal. <laughs> but because I, I feel like at different phases in our life, there's going to be like a cold wind mm -hmm. because it's whatever it is that's like driving your decisions so like some people have loneliness or some people have fear or some you know or like some people are like I can't stop thinking about whatever and yeah there 
there could be like some sometimes I feel like the message I'm getting from like my leaders is about a cold wind of like that there's not gonna be enough officers you know like that's mm -hmm. like bo so that's bothering somebody somewhere like real hard mm -hmm. <laughs> so they keep bringing it up right so like i think that's like those those are like the types of cold winds from an institutional perspective but there's also cold winds on an individual like psychological social like there's you know yeah it can go yeah. pretty much any w direction with the cold wind i think it's good to note that the cold wind, like in and of itself, was not, like these cold winds that we're talking about are not necessarily bad, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're things where we're like, oh yeah, this actually does need to be addressed, mm -hmm. okay? So for the example that you use, Kiri, you know, we hear a lot about we don't have enough officers. Okay, you know, we, we all know, like we've heard this, but the temptation is to do what the king did and make decisions mm -hmm. from like a throne mm -hmm. in like do you get that like example mm -hmm. like I'm just going to make these decisions I'm not going to work with the people right. around me I'm not going to work with the the smallest youngest cook to figure out like what actually is the problem like I don't have a good pulse right. of what the problem is so I need to talk to the people who do you know and I think that's the temptation um do you have anything you want to add Tabitha yeah I mean um I totally agree. I think the wind, um, this analogy is, is a great one because, you know, the wind is like the, the annoyance. Um, mm -hmm. And he thought the solution would be like, oh, like, why didn't they just shut these doors and shut these windows and shut the cat flap? Like, right. it, this is a simple solution. Um, and from up high, it definitely looks like, oh, he's making, he's making changes. Like, he's actually doing something from himself. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, kind of running the castle and, and getting to what he's supposed to be doing. But, you know, when you finish and get to this young cook, um, he's like, well, actually, like, we have to have the door open because mold is down in the basement. And we mm -hmm. have to have the cat flap because the cat eats all the rats and the rats will eat the cheese. And, you know, we have to have this window open for the milkman to put your milk. So it's all of these solutions we've made because you don't want to fix the roof and you don't want to take the water out of this basement and I think um, yeah. I was I was talking to a, somebody who works um, for the Salvation Army and obviously I work at a public library and we were talking about some of the things happening in our jobs and it was you know really kind of amazing because a lot of the things that I was talking about um, and a lot of the things this individual was talking about were the same um, so I think it's it's more than just an institutional thing I think it's um, you know these are this is like a leadership thing yeah. you know it's um he was making a decision that he thought was the best um but he didn't consult anybody who was um actually doing the cooking and actually you know working on the ground floor and i think that's kind of what you're getting at um, yeah. amanda just um you know this is uh yeah we we have to be making decisions from a place where we know the actual work of the people who are doing the job. Right. Um, and if we aren't, then we could be making decisions that only make mold. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way to put that. Yes, yes. This kind of leads us into 
this third question I have here. In the end, the people around the king were able to help him understand the bigger picture. What are some ways you would like to reach out to, in quotes, the king to help her or him understand the big picture? Hmm. Yeah, um, so in my job, I'm a manager of people, um, and it's something I really enjoy doing. Um, so the, the king, actually, I saw him from both aspects because um, I'm like the middlest of managers you could probably have um, and so you know I saw him from as me and I also saw him as leadership who who is not me um, and I think that's why this this is such a great story Carrie nice job <laughs> um, because it you know I think him yeah I think we are often thinking about like and I think well, okay, yeah, anybody who's a leader is the king, you know. Um, anybody who is a leader um, doing anything is the king, even if they're managing people or not. Right. Um, so I, I do think it's relatable if you're not in that position. But um, how would I like to reach out to the king to help him or her understand the big picture? I think some days I just want to tell myself, like, go out to the desk and, like, observe your employees, observe mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, and I do that some, but, you know, emails and all the other administration mm -hmm. things get in the way. Um, and I also want to tell the people above me, like, come downstairs. Yeah, yeah. Come see the kids enjoying these things. Come see the families making memories here or whatever it is. Um, and understand what we do. Right. Yeah, yeah, it is, I can, I can understand, I can relate to what you're sharing. Because um, it's, it's hard for me to think about communicating with the quote unquote king, like people who are in a leadership position, like in air quotes, some more yeah. like above me. Um, and that, like, that has to do with my personal issues, like, this always be having, like, these weird feelings about people in authority. Mm. Like, it's not simple for me to just go and talk to someone who's, like, my boss or my supervisor or whatever, or, any, or even to, like, try to work up the line, like, so, like, in my context of thinking of, like, trying, it, it's almost, like, the king in quotes is inaccessible um, due to not like not wanting to go out a chain of command and blah 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah. Um, because sometimes so I feel like sometimes the message gets lost along the way so it does mm -hmm. kind of like it would be almost like wanting to have that leader be present and um, sometimes I think people what is it like con confirmation bias hmm. where like if I were to go and I like I'm like I think this is a problem you know oh I uh, the king he's like I think it's because there, there's a window open mm -hmm. that's why I'm cold and he goes out and he's like oh well look at that there is a window open I'm gonna shut that window mm -hmm. <laughs> fixed so it's like there's that confirmation bias of even when he went personally to see what was going on he still only saw what he was expecting to see. Right. So I think that's like, 
um, that's the hard the hard work and um, kind of I kind of want to circle around to the the concept of this being like a personal thing too or, or if it having mm-hmm. like a personal application for psychological or I don't know if that's the right word but like things that go on internally for us mm. where like self-talk yeah self-talk or like where we f- like let's say I'm d- maybe my cold wind is like being lonely mm. and I could be thinking well the reason I'm lonely is uh, nobody likes me or something mm. like that so or I don't know like and then going and being like well I, let me go investigate and then you get confirmed in your investigation because you're like, oh, see, you know, they gave, they gave me a funny look or, yeah. and, and like, this is like real stuff for me of like why I'm so awkward in like certain social situations because I feel uncomfortable being like, mm. hey, when you made that face, like what, what was going on there? Like, I don't understand what that facial expression meant or I think I understand it, but could you help me make mm-hmm. sure I am interpreting correctly? Yeah. where like that's half the point of interacting face to face it's like you're supposed to just know what those facial expressions mean mm-hmm. and so to reveal that I actually can't interpret very well is <laughs> it's almost like a, like a fear like a vulnerability mm-hmm. which if you don't think people like you you're not going to be vulnerable to tell right. them like right. yeah so that's like kind of going with that too of like we really need each other to get through to ourselves like mm-hmm. to be able to grow and like take care of those things that we have issues so I so I kind of because I I like I've been working through things and for me on a personal level so when I was reading it like I see it from an institutional perspective of like in the workplace Mm -hmm. in places where there's any kind of authority or hierarchy structure but it also is an internal like if you think about maybe a child who might be reading this they're not necessarily in a place to be like, well, the teacher is so unfair, <laughs> so and let me true. tell the teacher how it really is. But it, they could be working through, well, I think I know how to do everything on my own, but maybe I do need to trust people around me or, mm-hmm. like, let them help me. Yeah. I think a couple things stick out. One, the king was demanding things, right? So a particular real weird food choice weird food choices yes i'm like when at the very end when they brought the jelly and custard bun or whatever i was like that actually sounds way more appetizing than what you wanted originally finally something that i can actually visualize what that looks like right exactly (laughs) i knew exactly what that looked like um but i think what i would like to say to the king whoever that may be and this is you know i think this is everyone this is you know from the top leadership to officers out on the field to soldiers to adherents to like advisory people to what whoever be careful what you're demanding Mm. and should you even be demanding anything Mm. (laughs) you know so that's the first thing the second thing is oh my gosh I just lost my train of thought oh I remember um (laughs) (laughs) it's I want I want the kings to put themselves in the shoes of their cooks and you know their whatever waiters and all these other characters in the book 
put yourself in people's shoes. Um, and this is, you know, like I'm, again, speaking to everyone. I think about myself as a core officer. This, is, this might be like a silly thing. Um, that was so cute. I just want to say yeah, the really owner cute. of this coffee shop just came over and like put his thumb up and was like, are you guys good? And we're like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> because so we cute. called them before we came and they've just been really great. Um, and their but coffee's any, really good. And their, exactly, it's amazing. Um, but like, for example, as a core officer, in both of my previous appointments at a core, there was just a lot of clutter. Okay, there's a mm. lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in, in closets, a lot of stuff just everywhere. And that was kind of like the wind on my neck. Every mm. time I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel the anxiety of this. Like I feel, I feel like I'm being closed in mm -hmm. by stuff, right? And so it could have been very, and I, my very first appointment, I just started, okay, let's, let's deal with this stuff, right? But thank God there was a soldier who was there that was like, hey, actually, that thing has a story, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it was a reminder of, wait, like, I, ca I can't just make these decisions by myself mm -hmm. or I'm going to throw out history of a core, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I learned in that moment, and thank God it happened right away, that whenever I went, like this was a team thing. Yes. Like we did this together. Mm -hmm. And it's, so that's, that's just one example of how as an officer, you can come in and make all of these decisions and it's, you, you, you probably don't know what you're doing, you know, cause you don't have the whole picture. Yeah. There's not context. There's not context. You know, I think, um, kind of going along with what you were saying, uh, I would even take it a step further because the king, um, you know, he listened to this young cook and and he um, was like, it was a light bulb moment for him mm -hmm. in that conversation. Um, but if we look like the page before, there's like three cooks outside his room trembling with fear. Like, I don't want to be the person who tells him that yeah. this meal isn't happening because of these things. And um, I think that's a relational thing. And even when we look at the end of the book, like it wasn't that the king was like, oh, I'm gonna befriend every single one. I'm gonna look at the entire castle and we're all gonna have, and there might've been like maybe a small group of people where yeah. he's like, you know, befriending, but we only see one person that yeah. he's really attached himself to at a position that is not his his same level of position. Yeah. And he asks that, that, I mean, he takes the advice of that one person. And I can imagine that in, you know, in this fictional world that we've created, um, has been created for us, like that would probably continue, you know, and yeah. that relationship will continue. And I think something important too is like, it, you have to be open to like receiving that and not like shutting down the idea or even the like moment of somebody telling you like, hey, you know, this is what happened because all of these things were um, changed. And I think that is also a, a real yeah. struggle. I mean, I see that um, at my work and I know that like, I mean, it's probably not unique, <laughs> yeah. um, but it does take the relational um, part of it with that one individual, maybe, maybe it's just one, like, I mean, we can look at the Salvation Army and see this huge amount of people and like 
that's amazing um, that we have this many people. But that can also be overwhelming, an overwhelming task for a leader in the Salvation Army to be like, oh, I have to get to know everybody's opinion, you know. Um, but, but sometimes it's just a couple. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not just asking the opinion, it's having the relationship with somebody that can say to you, this, this specific thing that you did affect these things in this way, can we find a different solution? Yeah. And you being open to accepting that critique, because that is hard. Yeah. Um, so. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great, great insight. The last question that I want to discuss is uh, putting yourself in the shoes of the king, how can you hear from your smallest, youngest cook? Well, so first of all, do you want to respond? Because I thought that was really like what you said about it was only, he only formed a relationship with one other person. Mm -hmm. And that's totally doable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Whereas like getting, right. like getting a consensus poll from all the people remotely connected with the Salvation Army would probably be impossible. And literally too many cooks. Too. Oh. <laughs> LOL. Too many cooks. In the Get kitchen. it. Too, too good. Eric and Carl too would good. be very proud of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, hearing from your smallest, youngest cook. Yeah, that would. I think I feel like Tabitha already answered that question. Of it's like forming a relationship so that yeah. you're in a position of maybe being able to trust that person because you've gotten to know them and then yeah you can you can hear from them mm -hmm. yeah and I think it's hard I mean it's really really hard to hear critique like I struggle with that because I, I want it to be I want it to be good for the people who I am leading um, mm -hmm. and it's hard when you make decisions in leadership that aren't good for the people you're leading because nobody yeah. goes in with like the intention of I'm going to mess things up yeah, for all I'm these people like that's job. terrible <laughs> <laughs> nobody's going to you know be going at something like that um, and I yeah I just think making making your relationships with the people that either report to you or, or you know in a larger concept context um just like having that person who's not in your position, who's not on the same level, who's in a position that is um, more on the ground floor is really vital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I read this once before I read it at THQ, and I started crying at <sighs> this sentence. It says, with all the warm fires, jolly tea times, and cooks singing, King Parsimonious didn't feel mean anymore. Mm. And I don't even know. I just kind of lost it. Um, but that... <laughs> While you were reading at THQ? Or no, by no, yourself? No. <laughs> yeah. Before. Before. Yes. Because I... And good thing I did because I didn't cry at THQ. Um, <laughs> but like that... That thought and then this part about the cook spent every day happily inventing wonderful new hot dishes for the king and singing as happy cooks oh, do. Yeah. Like this, this whole idea, like such a contrast to the beginning of the book where it was, I love how you explained like the colors, even Tabitha in the, in the pictures, because it was like cold mm -hmm. and isolating and dark. And it just, what a contrast to this end where it's 
bright and it's warm and it's happy. Like people are singing um, mm -hmm. as they cook and it's, it's just so warm. And I, I, I don't know, I just love that part because it speaks to community, mm -hmm. you know? Like how do we hear from our, our youngest, smallest cooks? We realize that we're like all on an even playing field. Like we don't, we shouldn't mm -hmm. have kings who are demanding things. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have core officers who are demanding things. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have soldiers, you know, like we, mm -hmm. so if you're a core officer, I just wanna speak to you and I speak to you as a comrade, as like a friend, because I am an officer. Be careful how you do community life with your people. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna be on a throne and you're going to be you know, setting yourself up to be better than everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't, I, and this is my own soapbox, when I hear that we have a higher calling, I'm just like, dude, no. Like, we don't have a higher calling in that we're better than people, we're superior mm. to people, we have a different calling. Yeah. And we all have different callings. So officership is not the end all be all, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's just like tear down any idolatry that is in officership right now. Like, that is not the thing. Being an officer is just as important as being a local leader, is just as important as being a soldier, is just as important as being an adherent, is just as important as being a volunteer in the soup kitchen. Like, we are all doing this together. We all should have the same mission, right? Um, we all should be wanting to advance the kingdom of, of God. And singing together. And singing together. And making, you know, warm, cozy fires and being around each other in happiness. It's not the first page of solitary loneliness. Um, and as a local leader, thank you, because my, my career is not officership. My calling is not officership. It's to be a librarian. And the Lord made that very, very, very clear to me. And if you're interested, I can tell you more about that. But um, it's, it's, it's a different calling um, than it being an officer. But he has equipped me in all of the ways to do this position. And I don't know what it's going to look like in five years, but I don't think anybody does. Um, you know, we can't map out what the Lord is going to be bringing us to, um, but I know right now this is this is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I was thinking about when you're saying like the contrast between the beginning and the end was like at the beginning the king said, "This is what I want to eat every day. You guys make that happen." Mm -hmm. And at the end, he's like open to having different kinds of food prepared, mm -hmm. and that it's up to the people who are doing the cooking. So I I just was thinking about that too of like when when people are allowed to be creative and allowed to express their gifts absolutely in the way that like you know god enabled those cooks to invent meals and so it's like not getting stuck on anything not getting stuck on a certain meal and wanting that meal every day mm. <laughs> and so and i mean like that can be in all kinds of ways but it it's just like you have to try new things, you have mm -hmm. to be open to new things, and if you're calling the shots, you have to be willing to trust the cook to to cook something mm -hmm. and to invent something and uh, to let go of what you think the meal is supposed to look like and taste like. And I think that's such a amazing way to honor God, um, to 
recognize and acknowledge the individual beauties in people yeah. Um, yeah. and celebrate that and by allowing them the opportunity and like that's you know the kingdom of God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well thank you Tabitha yeah. for being with us thanks and for letting me join yeah, one of my so, favorite only that? podcasts that yeah. I listen to by the way <laughs> <laughs> gotta well, do so, the audiobooks so happy, you know so oh yeah but this is like, I mean, I turned up, I told you, I turned off Harry Potter to watch, to listen, or listen to the first um, episode, because I was like, it's happening. It's a big deal. Yeah, I know. Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, do you, did you want? I have something to say. Um, yeah, we really appreciate that. And no, um, <laughs> see, now the transferring of the microphone, I forgot what I was going to say. Um it was maybe it was about Harry Potter. I'm not sure what it was, but I appreciate that sacrifice. Oh, oh like, see, I remember. Sorry, I'm losing. There's a lot of things. Um, we should have Tabitha on again because I want to hear her story about, you know, her calling as a librarian oh. at some point. I think that would be so fun. We don't hear a lot. We hear a lot about officer callings. We don't really hear a lot about. <laughs> librarian callings and doctor callings and all of those different things. So this will not be the last time all right. that we sit with you on this That'd podcast. That'd be sweet. It'd be so fun. <laughs> yeah. But we want to wrap it up, and um, we hope that this has been a good episode for you, everyone listening. Uh, get the book, The King Who Sneezed. Read it to your children. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yes. Fun. Of course. We love, we love having a podcast where we can be with friends and yeah. drink coffee. And thank you to Calibre Coffee, who has let us take a, a, you know, a table and just record. So, peace, everyone. As kids, we believe that the angels talked. Everything is magic till you think it's done. It's easy to be thankful for the things you've got. Takes guts to give thanks for the things you've lost.